Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. So we are going to jump into some click pitch. I think we're going to ramp it up this week. Once again, yes. Shall you, would you like to tell uh, the listening audience what click pitch is and specifically what ramped up click pitch is? In front of us is a random phrase generator where we- on the count of three, two, one, click. We click refresh and get an adjective and a noun. Sometimes they're not very adjectively, adjectively <laughs> or nouny, but we deal with it anyway. And they're just words, and we mash them together, throw them at each other, come up with a game design. Then when the game doesn't work, we throw it away and we try it again. We should have called this podcast Word Fight, like Food Fight, but Word Fight. Yeah, too no, late no. now. One hundred thirty-six episodes in, or whatever we are. Yes, one thirty-six. So let's do it. Word fight. <laughs> Three to one word fight. <laughs> Attacking constraint. Oh, fossilized enclosure. So, I mean, immediately this feels like a Jurassic Park game. <laughs> yep. Although, fossil, like, if we take it as this phrase in itself, if, if, the fo- if, if the enclosure itself is fossilized, maybe it's a bit more of a land of the lost uh, where they break into a, like- um, you know, a, a lost world where the dinosaurs never died out, or there are yeah. other sorts of strange I like that. evolutionary. But I, but I also really want to see like um, a version of this game uh, of of like a of Jurassic Park, where it's mm-hmm. like a first person walking simulator of the of the first game. Oh, of the, of the oh first following game. the story. Uh, following the story of the first movie. So, we're not going to do a better Trespasser. Like, they tried to do first-person Jurassic Park, if you recall. No. In our game, will you look down at your own breasts, like, for any gameplay mechanics? <laughs> <laughs> will okay, you have yeah. to independently rotate each wrist? <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about. Like You don't I- know Trespasser? No. Nah. Oh, my God. You need to look it up. It's, like, the best worst game ever made. Okay. I think it's got to be VR. All right. Jurassic Park VR. You definitely- Yeah. You, you want to come eye to face with a uh, Tyrannosaurus for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, having little running sections, having little- um, I'm thinking vignettes of, of what, what actually happens. So, basically, you got, like, a raptor sort of stalking you through, through like, a kitchen and that sort of stuff. I- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, uh, can we make this a game where it does follow the first movie- but you are a character that was not in the movie. You're basically Mary suing yourself into this, uh, into this game, into this story. And it's thrilling because like Alan Grant addresses you and like makes sure you're okay. Yep. Uh, and you're there alongside like Timmy and Lex and yeah, maybe I, you okay, get so to climb I think, the electric fence. I think your character has to be like a security person for engine or whatever like you're along for the ride but you're also like part of the um part of the park security maybe maybe i can't <laughs> i kind of thought maybe you were like dr we just retcon or something in- like that no that we just retcon <laughs> in a third grandchild <laughs> <laughs> so like there's no reason why that by a security person couldn't be a um a third grandchild, a third grandchild? Well. is that the big twist um, After all, oh my god, no. Um, it's like his bastard know. son or, you know, bastard daughter from the first, uh, from his son's first marriage or something like that. That's why Lex and- <laughs> That's why he's older. He or she's older. Yeah. You get to choose at the start. Yeah. And I, well, and I like the idea that, um, <laughs> look, and I'm taking this in kind of a janky way, but it's just because I like the humor behind it, where we have them like voice, to, uh, spe- uh, text to speech your name. So you get to choose a name. <laughs> And so, just in the middle of it, it'll be like, come on, Jennifer, we're going to go get in this car and uh, see the cool dinosaurs. I-, I hope we see a Stegosaurus, Jennifer. <laughs> or you, you do the um, that whole thing that they, that they worked out that they have to actually do for uh, when they did all the um, GPS- uh, voices and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's a whole heap of sounds that um, that the actors have to make so that they right. can recreate they can put the- Right, um, together. Yeah, they do all their yeah. phonemes. And, yeah, uh, so you just get, you get, you know, Sam Neill to do all these phonemes so that, yeah. you know, Jennifer actually 
comes out of his out of Jennifer. his mouth a little bit Jennifer. more. Jennifer. 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 That's going to sound really <laughs> weird, but yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Well, well, he'll cool. be up for that. He's a he's a good guy. Good New Zealand guy. <laughs> yeah, one of our own. <laughs> That's Australia right. Always, Australia still- always claims that they're good New Zealanders. Yep. <laughs> and really, at, if at only the moment, we could like, claim their prime minister. Claim, yeah. Come on, Jacinta. <laughs> You're our PM. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So, all right. Let, let's talk about because this is one of my favorite movies. So we're going to spend the rest of the episode on this game. Uh, <laughs> Let, so, so I, I, I think, yes, I think you're the, I, I want to go with the, the third grandchild. I don't know that you're necessarily, yep. I think you're a cousin to Lex and Timmy. Okay. Uh, so, you know, in, in this alternate timeline version of, uh, of the first Jurassic Park, John Hammond's, uh, cause I don't know, what, what was it? His son. Well, was it his daughter, like daughter's kids? Illegitimate son, that'll do. <laughs> his illegitimate his son. Illegitimate from his illegitimate son's mistress. kid. Is that who this is? Yep. All right. Uh, he's just come back into his life and, you know, John Hammond's a welcoming, welcoming guy and he's, he spares no expense. So he'll mm-hmm. be happy to bring them along on the trip as well. Yeah, definitely. And so you get to do some character creation. Uh, and then because it's a VR game and we've done character creation, there's going to be a lot of reflections in the game to make sure you can see your character. <laughs> Everywhere. All over um, the place. In Alan's sunglasses, in the window. In Malcolm's sunglasses. Malcolm's sunglasses. Yeah, well, Alan wears glasses, sunglasses too, doesn't he? does at the beginning. Because he, he pulls does them the off. His face. Oh, no, that's- um, no, no, he's got the hat. Or still Malcolm. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm's sunglasses. Uh, the Tyrannosaurus's eye, you know, there's going to be all um, sorts of situations. The mirrored- yeah, uh, I, I'm imagining that it's, it's your hand that- like Malcolm puts the drop onto that can go, you know, drop either side and all that sort of stuff. Oh, to, yeah. To prove his chaos theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to get so many people horny with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if you make little little bumps on, on, like, the car, you can see, like, the little riffle in the um in the, yep. in the glass. Yeah. Yeah, there's just always a glass of water in the, in the, in the car. Uh, yeah, I, and that's it. I think you get to have, like, you get to then take part in those key moments. So- you know, Timmy finds two pairs of night vision goggles and- <laughs> or, or he finds one and and you being the cousin just steal it off him and don't, don't give it back to him. <laughs> don't give it back to him. He just starts whining. Um, you get to vomit into the car uh, when it lands in the tree. You get to <laughs> no Linux- and lock, unlock the doors. Unlock the doors, I mean. In, in the weird 3D GUI. It's VR inside VR. We even retro, we retcon that, that it's a VR yeah. GUI. Um, you get to see just how big Nedry was. Yeah. Oh, come on. Don't fat shame him. No. You get to see That's just how big much of an he's tall. Was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get to um, die by Raptor. Yeah, numerous times. Numerous and times, then- over and over and over again. And then we show you a supercut of it, supercut of it at the end from yeah. Different every cameras. every single time that you get eviscerated, <laughs> you yeah. get cut in half. You see that you literally see the Tyrannosaurus jaws come down and like oh yeah, chomp you. But so- it doesn't just stop there. You see the whole digestive process. <laughs> <laughs> you see yourself get shit out the end. Totally. <laughs> well, you go in and you see half a lawyer like who's half chewed up and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Good old. Uh- uh, no, can't remember the name. I was no, going to say Mulder, but that's the other. That's the uh, the hunter guy, one of yep. the security. So guy. I, I kind of like the idea that you know you get tasked by Muldoon, like Muldoon sprains his ankle and he sends you mm-hmm. over to the um over to set the power up again. But of course, he died in that part, so you've got to try and work out how to get away from there. Yeah, clever yep. girl, clever girl. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, obviously at the end, mad rush to the helicopter as uh, people are dying around you. Yep. Cool. Sounds good. I think we've covered it all. And then, yep. you know, as as all good games, there'll be sequels and uh, there's four more movies there that we can jump into. <laughs> Come on. Can you- In VR, doing fucking Chris Pratt's move with his hands, like holding back the raptors. Perfect. That could actually be kind of cool. Yeah. And then they bite want your fucking to- hands off if you do it wrong. I want to go to there. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> okay. This is going to be interesting. Exponential substitution. Oh, God. Merciful Piccolo. 
<laughs> All right. Are you like a math music genius of some kind? Is this like a beautiful mind or a um, how do you like them apples, goodwill hunting kind of thing? But you're also a substitute teacher. You're a substitute teacher. Yeah. Okay. You're like, you're a substitute teacher who's a genius, but you've been, um, you've been shamed in some way, right? Like you've been, you can't, you can't participate in, in the academic study you want to do anymore. Well, I think the, the big problem with a lot of substitute teachers is when they go in, they get pranked by, by all the students. So then they're not respected whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you got to deal with like, all the different pranks that they're that the kids are trying to do on do to you, like um, you know the the snakes in the peanut peanut can and yep. um, tax on the um on the chair or that that typical thing from from the Simpsons where the big log comes down and smashes into the, <laughs> into the blackboard. <laughs> right. So we're, we're talking actually like a training simulator for actual substitute teachers. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. All, all, all the all the while, you know, you're not you're not getting any of the respect from any of the other teachers because you know you decide to go down down the substitute route instead of instead of um trying to become a a teacher that that you know has a has an actual school that has to has to put up with these fucking same kids day in and day out. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, I like that. But as we sometimes do, let's give it a bit of a twist. Okay. Now, now, and I'm taking this from Piccolo because Piccolo means small in Italian. Mm-hmm. You're Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Do we go fantasy? <laughs> do we go fantasy and you're like a halfling and then we can bring in fantasy elements of what, if, what would happen to a substitute teacher where they like spike your drink with a potion, you know, that um, sends you to the demon plane for an hour. Do they- <laughs> You know, summon. <laughs> I'm, n- I'm now picturing like D and D rules of having to roll a fortitude save and, <laughs> and all these sort of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to stat. You have to spec out your substitute teacher. Yeah, this is a bit of a roguelike where each run is you know a week of school, uh, or maybe it's just as long as you can survive for. Like this is literally life and death substitute teaching in a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's like. It's just you're you're making a series of decisions. I'm picturing sort of the view from your desk and you get different events happening. Some of them you might have to react to in real time, like people are throwing knives at you. Students are throwing knives at you. Um, You might have rogue, you know, uh, rogues coming up behind trying to backstab you. Uh, And they get that extra sneak attack damage. And um, you got other students trying to flank you so that they get- they also get the sneak attack damage, and then you've got um, like bards who are who are you know sort of playing up in class, and they're yeah. But they're what I'm thinking, you have to have ways to like that. you have to have ways to counter all these, right? So based on how you spec it up and what equipment you have, um, you know, you might have better perception, so you're going to notice the flanks, um, and so you're yep. going to be able to defend against that in time to 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 not take the damage. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna perhaps have. Uh, particular High dexterity, types of so armor, you can- or yeah, more dexterity, so you've got more opportunity to deflect uh, daggers that are flying at your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You uh, got you strength, can- so you can like tip the table up, so that you can stop the arrows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I- and I think you actually have to. You're also. It also comes down to in, in classic substitute teacher way. You have to like connect with these kids and eventually inspire them. Okay. <laughs> So there's another twist. Um, just because normally when you play D and D, it's all theatre of the mind. Mm-hmm. This is text adventure. It's style. a text adventure. <laughs> God. So it's all theatre of the mind. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, that's fine. Um, Come on, we always talk about graphics. This is now yeah. you can't even think about graphics. There's no you- graphics. We just have to. That's fine. Um, now, the thing with text adventure is, though, that generally things don't happen in real time, as in they're almost turn-based in that you you take an action and then things might change. Yeah. Uh, so, that's going to play into it, and that's fine. Yep. So- So, maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like, do you remember the game Castle Adventure, which was ASCII-based, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that basically you were moving around on the screen, but you could also see the other things on the screen that were moving around and all that sort of stuff. But they were all oh, just I mean, so characters. very much. Oh, I mean, so a bit like um, like Colossal Cave or yeah, or, or kind of like that. Or except or a, or what, what I like is there's actual rogue. Like there's like a um, there's actually like a description of what's happening in each room. You can yeah. do certain things, but there's also things continuously happening in the room as well, like. Um, oh, kids throwing I stuff and yeah. yeah, maybe I think I liked it more when it was a bit more of like a Zork like. Okay, um, we can go back to a Zork like plain text adventure. Uh, because then I'm picturing, you know, you can you can com- you can converse with the students. I think maybe yes, you're a substitute, substitute teacher, but you, depending on where you're obviously um, contracted. You, you will deal with the same kids for at least a certain amount of time, or you may come back to that school, you know, mm-hmm. six months on or whatever. And so there's a bit of continuity continuity there about uh, around the kids you're dealing with. Um, and look, life's got to be pretty hard for a teenager in a fantasy D and D world. <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> pressure Puberty. from your parents to follow a certain, you know, take on a certain class. That they took on. Yeah. Uh, if they graduated from, you know, the Bardic College of Lantana, <laughs> then uh, then they want you to go to their alma mater. And and so, you know, if, if, you're, if you're teaching at that school and, you know, but they're not doing very well, you're going to have to help them out with that. You, you know, maybe they want to be a barbarian because they really have anger issues. Uh, and, and look, yeah. that's where Piccolo can come into it again. <laughs> Maybe they want to be a wizard because they never want to have to roll to attack. They just want a magic missile everything. Yeah, and, and look, maybe they're having trouble rubbing out their magic missile, and you know, puberty can be a bitch. Uh, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> so, I think there's a bit of that sort of uh, talk in there as well. But yes, in the meantime, there are kids playing up. The rogues mostly, you know, yep. are, are pretty are pretty. Uh, troublesome. Uh, and you've got the different schools. You know, you've got these different bastions of education for wizards and druids bards and, and druids and rangers and rangers and all those. I'm just imagining ra- and, rangers you know. have like a lot of phys ed with archery and. Oh, they're um, always fucking climbing know, ropes hanging and- from the gym ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cleric schools are like your fucking Christian colleges. And it actually makes makes sense as to why no one really cares about the maths teacher because no one really cares about maths in this world. You know, yeah, I mean, look, but- may, there might be some wizard math. I think if yeah, you're at the wizard school, you're going to be a bit more respected as the math teacher. Uh, I, I think the gym teacher is actually going to be a little bit more respected here because they're teaching the kids how to fight and and survive, and all the math teacher does is brainy bullshit. <laughs> well, again, I think it depends on what school you're at. In that particular week, you know, the, the benefit of being a substitute in this game is is we can show the the cultures of, of the different schools that yep. have different folk class focuses. All right, that's cool. So, <laughs> all, all, all that's coming into my mind now is like um, a really really dodgy version of um, Gangsters Paradise, but it's uh, like from a PC speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're picturing our high school years in the nineties. Oh, no, I'm, I'm I'm picturing like. Um, the character almost like Michelle Pfeiffer in that. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I've forgotten the actual name of the film. Oh, shit. I had it on the tip of my tongue. Right on the tip of my tongue. Was it Dangerous Minds or was it something? Yes, I think it was Dangerous Minds. Okay. Yeah. Been but living I'm, I'm just- most of my now, living in a wizard's paradise. <laughs> bring, 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 yeah, bring. loot. <laughs> Just like the the one voice bloody um, PC speaker. <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing a loot, like a bardic. You know, the bards always play loots. No, I was, I was doing the one voice PC speaker. Right. <laughs> nice. I probably, had, probably had a MIDI of that somewhere that played through the speaker. Yeah. Yeah. Or a mod. <laughs> or a mod file, Scream Tracker. All right. Three, two, and click. Square recall. Stout percolator. <laughs> For uh, some reason, all I've got in my head is like a two-dimensional shape of a square. Yeah. Um, sort of gets hooked on coffee. 
because uh, you said percolator, I and I'm just imagining yeah. that um, he he or she wakes up one day and the world is like has like an extra dimension to it, but he's still he or she is still okay a, a two dimensional shape. So We've it's got a bit like, of a flatland situation. Yeah. Okay, that could be interesting. But or, uh, or it's not even wake up one day. It's just when you have like too much coffee, then you. You get transported to this three D three dimensional world for a small amount of time. So here's the thing: is this a first person game? <laughs> a two D two dimensional first person game. I'm picturing a lot of it is going to be in like two dimensions. Well, so a two dimensional first person game would be a line. <laughs> exactly. That colors <laughs> would pass through, like that because if if a three dimensional object passes through the a second dimensional dimension the two-dimensional dimension then you see like just basically the changing colors of that outline along that line right um that's in front of you <laughs> so, so are you gonna take that wonder how the hell <laughs> like cartoons can actually converse with each other when like they're they're I two-dimensional mean, how do they know on who's coming up that, i know <laughs> who's in front of them it's it's well how do they even like walk past each other they, they should really have to jump over each other <laughs> and also, but even you, then, like depending on your art style, through a, through a door. <laughs> well, depending on your art style, you might like often. Often, uh, cartoons are kind of color with dark outlines or black outlines. The thing is, those cartoons can't see past those black outlines because that's on the in- literally the insides of their body <laughs> that only we can see. Basically, when we see color on a cartoon character, we are seeing their guts. That is their internal parts. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should go down that route. Uh, is this then that? Is this a bit of yeah, like a two D platformer that then um, has some three D elements? Yeah, basically, like coffee your, is your a power, super paper Mario. Basically, coffee up, but yeah, yeah, sort of. Well, sort of paper Mario, but like I think when oh, you're you, two, you when you two D, super it's, paper Mario, didn't you? That. Uh, Super Paper Mario was the one for the Nintendo Wii that you actually could switch it into, a, like, a 3D mo- mode and go behind pipes and all that sort of stuff. So, you saw the world as 2D yeah. and then at any time you could hit a button to go into 3D. I'm not thinking quite like that, but I'm thinking- No, you know, I, the idea I'm, thinking, of being able to- I'm thinking that you basically can't- you, you can't go in front or behind anything until you have some coffee. And then at that point, the, the world kind of stretches out into 3D. Um and then, and that lets you see that extra dimension. And I think maybe even you turn into a cube then. Uh, but, but you can then move in that third dimension as well to like get past certain obstacles. And look, what this is your other word. Uh, it was, uh, stout. Stout. Oh, so, so when he has too much coffee, you realize, oh, I'm getting a bit fat. <laughs> and that's well, what no, he my other thought was maybe, maybe to get back into 2D, you have to have a beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a, it's a, like beer and coffee percolated together to make Yeah, like this- a coffee stout or something. That's a thing, isn't it? I feel like that's Don't a know. thing. I know there's definitely coffee beer. But it probably is actually now now I think about it. Yeah, there are coffee stouts. Um Okay, so I'm I'm liking the idea of this two dimensional character who who gets who makes it into a into a three D world. But I'm thinking along the way, like as as they go flip between them by drinking this this magical drink. Yeah. They actually like no one else seems to notice that like oh so we they're like, actually on a three D plane. We as kind well. of explore well yeah because if no, if someone else hasn't had that drink so because we could explore then obviously we don't actually show the view from uh, a two dimensional uh, two dimensional being but we could explore the implications of what happens when a two dimensional being becomes three dimensional and moves out of the plane. Of existence that all the other beings are living in. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, because this can, is they basically- can see behind those bins there. They can see that there's a, there's like hidden stuff there, and then when they flick back, they can point out, oh look, look what's here behind this bin, and everyone goes, oh my god, how'd you how'd you know that was there? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, or uh, the thing is, like, okay, let, let's picture the x axis and the y axis, right, of this world, mm-hmm. of this two dimensional world. Yep. When this person moves in the z axis. They are disappearing from sight for these two-dimensional creatures. So, it's like someone in our world just vanishing. Um, yep. So, basically what we're creating here 
is we're giving this square magical powers. Uh, <laughs> it's just that we can understand them as, well, he's just moving in the third dimension. But to everyone yep. in the world, the reactions that we're going to get from this is, holy fuck, you're a wizard, Squarey. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I feel like there's some cool oh, stuff we awesome. can play with that. <laughs> um, okay. So, what I was actually thinking was, um, did you ever see, like, the movie that, um, oh, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. The the invention of lying or whatever. I was. I can't remember. Oh yeah, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the idea of that. Like, it's something that we we know, and he's the only character who seems to be able to to move in that third dimension yes. of moving back slightly out of out of sight. And everyone else is like, "Oh my god, you went behind the bin." <laughs> <laughs> well, the, this is the thing. So, like. And I guess it depends on- obviously, it depends on how strict we actually want to take this 2D world. Because, again, like, if there's a bin in front of someone, like, it has to be on the same plane as them. Yeah. In, in that literally the only way they Every, can get over everyone that. Everyone else in this world just jumps over the bin. Right. Because they- that's the only thing they know that they can do. Like, they can they can sit down on the couch, but when they sit down on the couch, they're literally on top just of the on couch. on top of the couch. Kind of um, like when Snoopy used to go go to sleep on top of his- On top um, of the doghouse, yeah. On top yeah, of the doghouse. Exactly. So, um, this is the thing. Do they even know the word behind? Like no, they no, may, or if, in front. They don't know the word behind or in front. They have beside or on yep. top. Yep. Or but they under. don't know behind or in front. <laughs> so, they literally don't have the words to describe this. So, you're like, yeah, there's just something behind that bin. And they're like, behind? <laughs> what is this you, word? You, you, you're speaking gibberish. Didn't you mean on top or beside? <laughs> I mean, and think about it. If you, if you again, you take that into our third dimension and someone talking about an additional dimension, you'd be like, um, yeah, what do you mean? There's just something through that bed. I don't understand why you can't see it. It's through the bed. And then they just, like, literally reach their hand as if it's going inside the bed and pull something out. <laughs> God, that's just- That's hit my head. It's a bit trippy. I know. Um, so, yeah, you can just, like- uh, I so mean, I don't, a- I don't know else- how in this 2D- Like, I don't know where all these other- I don't know where the things in this third dimension came from then. Maybe this- Maybe we can go, go around, like, you know- there's a lot of lost socks in this, like the things that just this, all these people's keys. When people lose things in the, in the third dimension, it's literally just because they've actually slipped in the third dimension, um, and they they've been walking in front of them this whole time. And they I, I have th- no idea. I, I think you can put things in as well. So I think in is a is a is a thing. So you can put things in a bin. Okay, but I think the bin. Um, the way it works is there's just no black line on top of it. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, you, for us, we can- We have to be able to see inside it because for them, if there was any sort of, like, front- Again, I'm doing air quotes here- um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To it, then then <laughs> it would be solid to them. So, yeah. yes, it's I, like the I, outline I, of a bin, like a, yeah, something th- that can hold you can something up, in two you can, dimensions. You can pick up the lid and then, you know, the, the top of the- the top of the bin doesn't have a black line. And that's how you can tell if you can put things in things. There's no black line. Yeah, well, no, that's it. You can enclose things. Yeah. There could be a lid, whether it's just a black line or it's actually shaped like something. Uh, You know, we don't know what's aesthetic to two-dimensional creatures. Um, I kind of like the idea that, uh, you know, for us, you know, the lid of a bin would all be one color. But for them, they might make- sort of the different edges of it, different colours or something, because they yep. only see the edges. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to picture. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, and then, yeah, you just, like, start fucking blowing people's minds. So, what's the qua- what's the what's the goal? Is Because uh, oh, originally I was thinking of this as a platform, and now I'm thinking of it more as, like, an adventure game almost. Yeah. Uh, with puzzle elements. Yeah. Yeah. Um- well, I th- I think at first, you know, you you have like you've gained the power of of a third dimension, mm-hmm. but in reality, like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So at the same time that you you gain the third dimension power, mm-hmm. like a bad guy also 
happens to get the third dimension power at the same time. Yeah, well, so- I was wondering if I was wondering if there's some villain who's like stealing things by literally just pushing them in the Z axis. Um, yeah, like <laughs> even one centimeter is enough to exactly to like push like it, it out of people's view. It doesn't take much. It's it basically needs to be as as wide as these things are in the Z axis because apparently they actually have a Z axis, even though they were built in the two dimensional uh, world. But uh, yeah, it you, just you looks like you know they what shrink and disappear. I think the bad guy is actually like the CEO of like. Um, a Bonds style, style like clothing manufacturer, so he's like pushing all all the um all single single socks into into the um into the Z axis. So you got to buy more socks, <laughs> right? Right. So they they are literally the cause of the myth about like single socks just losing themselves. Yeah. Uh, In reality, all they're doing is they they're going either one centimeter in. Towards <laughs> towards the screen or into the background, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, the first time you go, in, the first time you're in someone's house and you go into the third dimension, there's just fucking socks everywhere except for oh, this you- one line across the well, floor. Well, you know, you know what? I actually think you could play with the difference between, um, oh, like a, a diff- different types of cameras. Yeah. So basically, you know, you sort of. Um, if the further that you go away, the smaller you can actually become. I kind of like the idea that in in the three D you go backwards, and then when you like go backwards in the in the yeah. scene, and when it comes up, you've actually gone smaller on the screen, so you can like fit into oh, I into see what you're areas, saying. Or you come towards the screen, and then I guess that comes down bigger. to how we're representing this world because that yeah. that does rely on obviously the viewpoint of the camera as opposed to us sort of exploring the yeah. viewpoints of the other characters. Yeah. Um. I think I think you could we could maybe use that in maybe we sections. could use that in a section yeah. like maybe that could be maybe that's part of whatever the power was that made you able to see this third dimension um yeah maybe maybe you can use maybe it's sort of a camera maybe it's some sort of vision device that yeah. then there's a section of the game where there are a lot of puzzles around yeah like you have to move forward or away from the camera Yep. To get in, smaller in this or bigger. In this particular thing, um, what the what the bad guy does is put an orthographic camera in place and therefore you cannot go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how far backwards you go, yep. you're always going to be- You're always the same size. Yeah. The same size. Oh, that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, you could do some good stuff <laughs> with that for sure. <laughs> I, just, I just love the evil, like, clothing manufacturer who's just pushing pushing clothes in slightly into the background. But with this new power that you find- like the socks just become bigger or larger, uh, smaller or larger, you know. So that oh, so you kind of apply it to the world in some way. Yeah, right. So, so ba- people okay, start, so basically start seeing you- these things just as you right. So that means everyone else can still see them. They're just changing size now. Is well, that- I think I think it's it's a filter that you can put on, it's kind of like the the lens. Um, it almost breaking the fourth wall in a way. That, yeah, well, that's you know, you that's kind of where it. I'm. Where it's holding me up a bit, but yes, we'd have to be breaking the fourth wall of there is a a viewer here, and that is defining what we can see as two dimensional creatures. Yeah, yeah, but that could be. Yeah, cool. I, I I like it kind of like a um kind of like a you know a duck season sort of thing where you can yeah. you can look out and and you see like the screen sort of thing, you see the camera, right? Okay, so you can sort of when you flick into the th- into the three dimensional world, you can actually you know, walk over to the camera and apply a different filter to the camera. <laughs> okay, so maybe what this vis- vis- villain has actually determined is that they are a cartoon, you know, basically, or that they are drawings on on a single plane, and, and that has allowed them to uh, to sort of have that vision, the, the ability to then see, oh, wait, there's a camera there that's actually capturing us, and, and, and it defines our world. Here's how I've managed to hide all these things by hiding them behind things that you know other people don't know about the word yeah. behind. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm I'm just picturing like they're trying to work out a word for it, and they keep on calling it like just sli- something slightly off, so it's not quite behind. It's- yeah, <laughs> around or something like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. Okay, that, three, like one click. One. Yeah. Admonishing embryo, dangerous spot. Well, I'm just thinking, like, okay, we've got embryo, which we, we can take that literally as in the womb, like not a full baby, or we could just go with with baby. Mm-hmm. 
and go a bit of a look who's talking vibe or a boss baby sort of thing. Because yep. I'm thinking admonish, you know, tell someone off. I mean, what came to my head first was there was a there was an old game called Cool Spot. Yes. So it was Seven a platformer. Up branded platformer. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that sort of came to my head that it was sort of like a this old like corporate logo sort of thing um, in a in a platformy game. Yeah. That's being forgotten about, but now is being like given this mission to tell off the people who who stole an embryo or something like that. <laughs> All right. What if? What if? I, I like. I like that take. That this is a corporate logo of the past. Yep. Who now has some sort of mission? What if, sort of, a la Cloudy with a chance of meatballs in a way? This this corporate logo was a baby. Yep. Itself. So it's it's still sort of the personification of that logo. Not not like in Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, where it's like the grown up version of someone who you know whose photo was the thing. I think. Maybe in a bit more of a baby Herman from Who Framed Roger Rabbit way. Like, yep. they are forever a baby, but they've been around for 60 years, you know, yep. because they were the face of, you know, good times, baby food, now with cocaine infusion or whatever, um, <laughs> because it was before they knew that was dangerous. <laughs> so, maybe a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I want the baby to be voiced by Andy Samberg, just because you said Cloudy with the chance for meatballs, cool. and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> he was one of the voices of the. Um, yep. Um, he he was the was he you know, the, the, ba- the, the the old baby? Yeah. Okay. He was the, okay. I did, I don't think I even realized that, but yeah. Now that I think about it, I can definitely see him doing that that character. Um, okay. And so, is this a world of uh, like corporate logo of like branding? Yeah, I, I think. Something happened in this world, kind of like in the Hugh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit style of thing. Yeah, that corporate logos when they get when they get thought of and when they get drawn, they just they come to life and they um and they 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 become part of the world, but yeah. they they don't actually grow or they don't age. Yeah, so they're basically the tunes of Roger Rabbit, except yeah, it's only it's only corporate logos and and characters. Um. So, you know, as soon as as soon as a cartoon gets their own breakfast cereal, now they're alive in this world. But before that, they're literally just drawing on a page. Yeah. It's it's the what, capitalism one, that they, really gives them yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sweet, sweet capitalism. Mm, it's got to be um, as- uh, Yeah. Anyway. So, I'm imagining that, like, there's someone coming by and- like killing off all these old brands, okay, and and you know amalgamating them into into like new high tech sort of things, but they're kind of like brainwashed. Oh, maybe you know it's I mean? as they like reach public domain or something, or like their trademarks expire, and then they start getting used in all these ways that that changes that- changes their personalities and yeah, all that is is okay, almost yeah, abusive towards yeah. them. You know, I like that, and so and so the. The time is coming up that our hero, yes, baby, is about to go public domain. Yes, and they've realised that this is actually happening. Yes, so they're now on, on a on a mission to um to work <laughs> to out- extend the copyright law for another yep. twenty five years past <laughs> the artist's death. Uh, <laughs> this would actually, I, I do like the corporate logo thing. I, like that whole copyright trademark thing would actually work a bit better with just regular cartoons. But let's stick with the corporate logo thing because I'm sure they're trademarked as well. Obviously, um, oh yeah. And like these, the 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 whole sort of prime directive behind these corporate logos is like you can't hurt the brand. Like yeah, they're they're kind of it's built into their soul to always grow profits for the company. <laughs> Yeah, so they're actually you know quite disgusting creatures from an objective sense, but within the game world, you are heroic if you bring money and 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 honor to the company. Yep, yep, I like that. So I love this idea then that because you can have competing brands and they're going to fucking hate each other for the most oh, part. Yeah. So you've got like Ronald McDonald, you know, shiving the Colonel. <laughs> um, and the Burger King. Well, well, the um, the non-suing version of it, you know, the, uh, the royalty-free version. Fair use, fair right? Use. Fair use. <laughs> fair use. Monald Rockdonald. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And the general, the general. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Jack, Burger Queen. Yeah. 
Wandy instead of Wendy's. <laughs> Wandy. That's why I said Velma. I don't know why I went Velma, because there's not a Wendy in Scooby-Doo, is there? It should have been like no. Peter Pan or something. Yeah. It's any other Wendy, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all right, let's figure out what what is our hero and what were they, the the like, what's their company? What were they, what are they selling? Is it, is it, were they big business or are they just sort of some, well, maybe it's something that was really big, you know, a hundred years ago, but nobody needs anymore. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like the idea of like, it's, it's like this old brand for like Gelatin. A, 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 well, a brand of like snake oil sort of thing, you know, it was oh, popular right. back in those sort of days. With, yeah. Cause when you said the cocaine and that sort of stuff, it's like, well, you know, quite often the snake oil salesmen were selling like just alcohol, um, basically rubbing alcohol, alcohol mixed with rubbing alcohol lavender. mixed with cocaine and heroin and yeah. lavender and um. But it's basically it was like for when babies had toothaches, um, right? You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was originally originally sold for. So it's an opiate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh yeah. So okay, I like that. <laughs> And they were the most popular brand, Morphinos. <laughs> it's like a pill. Slip it under the tongue, dissolves. <laughs> and then, you know, over over the years, it was used by medical companies to, to like, sell gummy vitamins and, and other things like that. But the original use was, you know, opiates and yeah. heroin. Yeah, literally, and- literally, like, dope out your kids so they'll stop crying because they're, they're teething. Yeah, so I'm, what I'm thinking is the the first sort of thing that you know the Andy Samberg character sort of gets the feeling that something's not quite right. His personality starts changing because someone's already starting to use or plan to use the um, the trademark in a in a way that isn't. Well, maybe the maybe the story intended. is them discovering what has been happening. Like this is a world where after a hundred years, like they just know that people start changing and eventually, yep. like disappear maybe or i don't know and so maybe this story is them figuring is 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 our hero figuring out why uh and realizing oh wait it's because of the way we're being used now after our trademark expires and people are like putting us in memes and making knockoff cartoons (laughs) and sex videos making knockoff um Video games, yeah, that, you know, use royalty-free versions or <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like knockoff versions. <laughs> it's like uh, you know. Oh, I really noticed that uh, the um, t- uh, Teethy, the the toothbrush brand, made with real horse hair. He's kind of he's kind of been a really erratic lately, and then you find out it's because he's been included in yeah, like a uh, clip art. Um, <laughs> A clip art package. <laughs> and so, he's constantly talking about, you know, t- make sure you clean the microwave or, like, always- uh, I don't know. The fuck would you put toothbrush clip art on? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. All right, that's cool. Okay. I, I, I don't know that we can go much more in depth there, but- um, No, that was cool. Oh, Three, wait. two, one, click. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Starchy custody. Disguised toggle. Okay. So, I, of course, I saw starchy and immediately thought our world of war-torn vegetables and, uh, and uh, you know, other leafy mm-hmm. vegetables versus underground vegetables. Um, you said custody as yes. in, you know, assuming custody of, of yes. children or whatever. Yes. But I heard custody as right. in- Something like rhubarb custard. In custard. <laughs> yeah, we could go that way if we wanted, but I also kind of like the idea of some sort of like you know law and order. Like, what is the what is the law system like in this rich world that we've created of of fruit and vegetables? Mm-hmm. Um, what I do want to say though is, with the disguised toggle, mm-hmm. you're playing a um, double agent sort of thing. For, right, you're, for maybe the prosecution. You're sort yes. of switching between the um. You're you're spying on on their case on like what they've uh yeah uh yeah like what evidence they have and reporting back to to the defendant. Yep. Okay, I like this Star Wars universe. This is we're not dun, in. Dun. We're, I don't know if we. Were, yeah, I don't think we're in wartime. 
there's there's been a tr- you know a treaty between the the leafy vegetables and and the the underground the vegetables root. the root root vegetables, uh, but obviously there's a lot of prejudice still. There's a lot of bigotry, mm-hmm. and yes, this is a law and order style exploration of this world. Yep. Do we literally do the law and order like maybe first you play you play some some cops uh, and sort of see their story of of finding and arresting uh, you know somebody and then and then you see the the uh, the other side of it where it's the the court case and and that that side of things I don't know who necessarily um, you play in each situation but yeah I'm sort of thinking whether this is like a um a big sort of court case that um is the first of its kind like it's it's where i'm thinking some leafy parents are actually trying to take custody of of like their foster child that they've okay had. who is their a foster root, child root being vegetable. being a root vegetable so it's the it's like the the first first of its kind but one of the characters in this is basically been a double agent for both sides sort of thing so yep. You've you've got to sort of solve, work out who who the um who the duplicitous um, character is. Meanwhile, you're, yeah. Well, you're I think that's I think that's one of the basic plot investigations. Points. Yeah, I think that's obviously yeah. That's definitely one of the plot points is that somebody on your team ha- has is, been spying for the other yeah, side. Yeah, and you you find out that you know some of some of the things that you know has been put in place to to try and uh, win the case for you. I'm thinking that the the like the government or or even the um the the oh, I can't think of what the what the other lawyer would be called uh in, like, in like a, a civil claim. attorney or something or the oh uh, oh in a civil uh right I don't, yeah the plaintiff and yeah plaintiff the plaintiff the plaintiff's lawyer yeah would um be like the uh, deadbeat root vegetables dad or whatever right okay. Yeah, so we're telling. So it's basically family court uh, within within this world of vegetables. Uh, who? So who are you? So you're saying you play like the defendant? Well, it's not the defendant in this case. It's like, um, yeah, it's it's basically it's the. Um, oh, I guess it is the. I guess like okay, so we're saying that the the deadbeat dad of is, this is coming. Yeah, what potato? Are we going straight potato, potato or sweet potato or carrot or? Turnip, radish. Well, uh, let's decide though. What are we going? Um, I don't know. Radishes are kind of cute. All right, so it's a radish, um, and it has celery parents. Yep. Uh, and so Daddy Radish, Dad Rad, <laughs> Brad, no, Bradish, uh, Brad, Brad short for Bradish, uh, <laughs> is is basically suing for custody of his child who has been in the foster who has been in the foster care system and who is being taken care of by these celery yep. parents. Okay, uh, celery would totally be like upper middle class snobs, wouldn't they? Yeah, somewhat. You know. So, anyway. so they're really they're really not being seen like like um, as you know humble humble sort of vegetables by some of these yeah. um, people on the jury because I'm imagining this is a jury trial. Do you, uh, sure. I don't know if they do that for these sorts of cases, but sure, it makes them more fun. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. They they sort of they they seem out of touch and stuck up, but they are actually good parents. I think. Yes. Amazing parents. Uh. But yeah, they're not coming across in that way. So what's so from a gameplay point of view, if we're playing the lawyer of these of the defendants. Yep. Uh. Are you leafy or a root? vegetable um i kind of like the idea of of you being like maybe a carrot that still has all the leafy stuff on top so you, <laughs> so you, you sort pass. of <laughs> you know you sort of slick slick back the leaves a little bit and you you kind of you carry you're carrying both sides of the yeah well i think thing. carrots have always kind of you know been in the middle of this a bit because yep. while they are obviously root vegetables they do have those marvelous that marvelous head of leaves yeah. uh so okay so so you can kind of be trusted by both sides in so, in certain cases um the big yeah. the bigoted the bigoted leafy vegetables will still sort of see you as you're one of the good ones even though they're still fucking racist yep <laughs> um <laughs> veggist i don't know <laughs>
I fucking love this world we've created, to be honest. So, yep. Brenda will get a kick out of it that we're still keeping it going oh, after God, all, this, all this after time. more than 100 episodes. Uh, so, gameplay, gameplay. What are we? Oh, is this us laying out our case? Is it investigations? Are we trying to like find investigation. something it's, it's on Bradish? You you ta- you take a bit from from like the um, Ace Attorney games, but yep. you know, make it not so not so um, text heavy and and single single sort of story. Um, you know, you can you can make decisions that that actually affect the case in in different ways. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And so you can and this maybe is just like the first case that that actually occurs. Like this sure. is not yeah. necessarily the, the only case in this in this game, but it's sort of sets you off on on. Yeah, look, you know, and I the don't think you even need. You can tell some interesting stories just through a series of cases, right? Like, and, and yeah. it's maybe about then the life of this carrot, um, Carrie, Carrie Carrot, and yep. she, you know, she's maybe you know fairly new to being a lawyer or, or to this area of law or something. So, it, you know, it's really her arc that you're exploring yep. um, and the bigotry that fe- she faces as a root vegetable. Uh, in, as a root vegetable in, in a, a leafy in world. A, in a leafy world, yeah. <laughs> um, That's why she's got those long flowing leaves that, you know. Well, she's- I think there's an expectation there for a carrot, right? Like, and again, you explore that veggism around, you know, their the, the carrots are more acceptable if they keep their leaves long, <laughs> right? And is that um, right? Okay. Like they can't express so, their heritage. So what? What are the judges like? What's the judge in this? Is he like an old lettuce? <sighs> is um, cabbage kind of feeling? Yeah, leafy. I feel like yeah. I feel like lettuce or cabbage. I feel like cabbage. I feel like an old cabbage because then you'd have that real smell yep. of like that cabbage smell. I feel like a yep. judge would smell like cabbage. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, he's pretty, I think he's been around, particularly in his first case, like yeah. when you come up against this, this judge, you know that he's going to be a, a, a bitch as fuck. You know, you're yeah. going to have to fight really hard and really nail him on the law, um, for him not to just completely give a, a biased point of view. Um, and maybe part and- of maybe part of the whole story can be like kind of exposing some of his b- bias and showing you know getting some old cases thrown out because there was obvious veggest bias from this judge. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking that the um, that the uh, the double agent mm-hmm. is actually rhubarb. Yeah, that makes sense. So rhubarb <laughs> sticks have somewhat of a. Um, Somewhat of a you know a, a root vegetable. Well, the, the, they've got look the colouring, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but the but leaves well are poisonous, leafy. so that you know already you don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody trusts the fucking rhubarb. Rhubarb. <laughs> okay, one more. I reckon. <laughs> sure. Three to one click. Cocky louse. Silent reality. <laughs> okay. So you're a pubic louse? No, <laughs> Let's not take that. Oh, Cocky. I mean, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> okay, so you're a pubic louse on a silent movie, like on a silent movie stars like crotch. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just gonna click again because I'm not gonna be able to get anything else out of that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Alright, I'm just going to go with the next one, whatever it is. Unfitting Wayside. Medieval Cream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Medieval Cream. Unfitting Wayside. Alright. I'm not sure where Wayside comes in, but I'm thinking that this is some sort of ancient potion that is discovered that uh, that either makes you gain weight or lose weight. Yep. And- It was originally used to help knights into their armour. Yeah, okay. Okay. But it was like- It was created by a wizard or something. Like, it's literally magical. Yes. And it's da- it can be dangerous. Like, I think as you rub it on, you lose weight. But as it wears off, it that weight comes back. Um, yep. And so, it's sort of got a certain amount of time- but if you rub in too much of it, like, you will literally- Put a hole in your hand. Yeah, you'll, like, shrink 
your body will shrink down, that your organs don't work or whatever, right? Uh, and so I think this is modern day though when someone comes across this. Like someone finds a cache of this old potion. Okay. Now. Yep, I like that. So that's, that's yeah, that's our setup. Yep. Uh, so is it sort of found and then it skips to like three years later and there's this new miracle cream on the market? Yeah, I'm thinking obviously he wants, this person wants to make millions, billions from this product. Yep. They- It's greed, yep. Yeah, great. They- Do they- Okay. Do they figure out how to manufacture it? Or is there a limited supply? Um, I think you can sort of leave that- Leave that um, for the moment. I do like the idea that it that it's being reverse engineered somewhat because, you know, it's something that happens a lot nowadays. Things get reverse engineered and, yeah. and then are able to be remade. Well, I'm just trying to think what scale are they selling it at? Like, are we talking- Oil you know, of- Oil of Yulan or whatever, you know, sort of level, you know, yeah. everyone, everyone's sort of got this new miracle cream. Okay. So, I think then that they would have had to reverse engineer it in some way. Yep. All right. And so, how has it, how has it got to this level of, um, like of everybody having it without these side effects showing their face? Is this like conspiracy level? Like as soon as someone conspiracy uses too level, much and, I think. and dies, it gets covered up? Yeah, I, I think the, fir- the first time that it sort of um, happens, there's like one of those morning TV sort of thing, uh, infomercials in the middle of, of like one of those like Good Morning America or whatever, yep. where um, a model comes in and she like applies too much. And she keeps on rubbing it in, thinking that it's fine, and her head just shrinks and yep. like <laughs> she falls over dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like you want to get rid of those uh, unsightly jowls. Uh, just, just rub this into your cheeks, and yeah, you just sort of see her, her cheeks like sinking in, and then you can see like the inside of her head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just cuts to commercial. <laughs> and it's and then- it's a commercial for the staff, and it's like oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What do we call like this thing? Is away it like or something? Oil of away. <laughs> uh, flesh go. <laughs> Shrinkums. Shrinkums body Shrinky butter. Dinks. Shrinky dink. Yep, uh, I'll do like Shrinkham's body butter. <laughs> Shrinkham's body butter. Uh, so, <laughs> so is this then you play someone uncovering this conspiracy, I guess? Like maybe you had a friend and like they were anorexic or something. You know, they had they had obviously some sort of body dysmorphia issue. And so, they, they couldn't help themselves but use this stuff and they died because of it with, you know, they end up this sort of unsightly mass with, with parts of their body having holes in it. And- yeah. Um. And and so you you want to take this company to task. You're like, why isn't anybody talking about this? And there's a huge cover up. And there's a huge cover up. And then I think, you know, you, you maybe find out that this is actually like to reverse engineer this. They had to dis- they literally discovered magic <laughs> <laughs> because they 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 realized oh like this was created from fucking unicorn semen. Well, I was gonna go there, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you said it now. I've got a yes and it. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Now I'm picturing when you walk into the, like, unicorn fucking Come jerk-off factory. No, I'm just picturing, like, they've got all these unicorns just hooked up to milking machines. Yeah, they're horns. Oh, they're, you jerk off their horns? Yeah. Oh. What comes out? Rainbows? Yeah, rainbows. Okay. That's their semen. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows that. <laughs> okay, yep. So, and, yeah, and so- <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right, so it's lit- it's made from rainbows. Uh, so, that's the first thing you find out. You're like, it's made from rainbows. You're like, what the fuck? Like, what does that mean? And then you dig deeper and you find- that like they found this this chest full of the stuff. There was a recipe in there. It called for it called for rainbows, like cream of rainbow. Um, 
So and I'm so imagining they, they, they literally, put, you find out they had to like follow a rainbow and instead of a leprechaun's well, pot of gold, they found a horny unicorn. What I was going to say is they went, they first went for um, leprechauns, but um, leprechauns like made a deal with them. Basically, they, they bankrolled them. Um, right. Because- Right, they're know, like, you can either get rainbows from our gold or the other place you get rainbows from, as everyone knows, unicorn semen. Yeah, so- the, I, I think the background is that the the um, leprechauns, you know, sort of corrupted this whole inf- influence and and got them to use the cheaper, nastier, um, like bioengineered um, unicorns uh, for rainbows. So there's not pure rainbows, right? Right. Yeah, they had to like crossbreed them um, with a horse and a zebra, and a zebra. It was a threesome. Yep. <laughs> Well, because they had to have one unicorn in there, surely. They couldn't just- It was a rhino. <laughs> oh, right. So, they had a rhino, a zebra, and a horse. Fuck. Yep. Mixed all their bits together. <laughs> Bam. Unicorn. <laughs> Stumpy unicorn horn. They're not that high quality, but they've managed to buy now, you know, through selective breeding. Yeah. You know, a pretty good facsimile of, of what an actual unicorn is. I guess they've been extinct- for a while, and it was the leprechauns that told them, well, you know, the first unicorns came about uh, because of horny hoofed animals. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Literally. <laughs> I like that a lot. But I, I, I just love the idea of, you know, these these leprechauns not wanting to to be used in that sort of way. So, they bankroll, you know, all these bio experiments and all this sort of stuff just to, just to make sure that they don't actually get, <laughs> get used in any way. <laughs> well, I think the thing is that, like- because where do their unicorns come from? Is it just that their their piles of gold emit rainbows? Yeah, Sorry, it's sort of like the, their, yeah. their gold actually um, in the middle of their cauldron is like a prism that um, just emits the emits the rainbow. But they can't help it. Like there's some like it's something they obvi- that is obviously necessary to the way they store their gold. <laughs> it, it's it's their lifeblood. Like um, if the if the prism gets attacked, like. Basically, it's almost their their external genitals, if you know what I mean. <laughs> genitals, I'm thinking it's like their heart or something or like heart. that. Yeah, you know, okay. Yeah, you you destroy the prism Poor and you destroy crux. the uni- you you destroy the the um, leprechaun. But I still don't get why that. Oh, does it? So does it need gold? Is it like something that needs to be cold? You you stack it with ice. Like it's it just needs gold around it. Yep. Right, um, okay. Gold helps. Like. Hide the hide the rainbow's power a little bit more. Oh, okay, dims it, it a bit, deadens it a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's only when like if there's no gold in there, it's it's like blindingly. It's only when the- a leprechaun gets excited that the gold can't. <laughs> I didn't. I just said excited. There are lots of reasons to get excited, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> they might like get a cool new video game, and their rainbow starts shining out. Like whenever you yep. see a rainbow, some you some leprechaun kid. Just fucking got a copy of Horizon Grand Zero Christmas. Dawn, or they're jerking off. <laughs> One or the other. Um, okay, so your your character is trying to trying to stop this. They, they find it out. Uh, were they maybe a um, a product tester early on? And then when they found out the real secret, they were sort of Ooh, kicked out there of the could company. be a guilt aspect there. Oh, well, no, because we, we said it's available everywhere. Because I was going to say maybe they, like, slipped some to their friend who they knew had, you know, issues. Or not, like- not issues with their weight, but were, you know, uh, uh, upset about their weight. Um, but if it's available anyway, that everywhere, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, yeah, but you, um, in in early product testing, like two years before before the game actually starts, right? That's when, okay, that's when so maybe it's the maybe the the mass produced version. They've kind of they've managed to mostly control the side effects. Yeah. You really have to use quite a lot of it to actually damage hurt yourself. Yeah. Um. You know, it's kind of like you have to drink, you know, ten liters of water or whatever to kill yourself through through water poisoning. Yep. Uh, but obviously, there are people who who do that. And yes, in the early product trials, you slipped your friend a more po- a version that happened to in- happened to be more potent, and they they killed themselves uh, yep. accidentally because they also. I- I'm imagining that it was like batch sixty nine. So, um, your friend said, "Nice, tried nice it and-, and tried it." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> I reckon uh, we call it there. So, yeah, nice. All right. I think we will. I think we will call it there. 
Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find our stuff online, the rest of our episodes, we have many, many hours of of video game making fun uh, in our backlog. Go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our stuff is up there. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Whatever you like. Uh, and we're also part of the 8-Bit Network, the 8-Bit Collective. Uh, this is a group of podcasts who all have, you know, like-minded uh, interests and we put out podcasts and it's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely go check out their Patreon as well and uh, throw them some bucks. Because uh, particularly for anyone coming to PAX, if they hit $500 a month on their Patreon, they'll be throwing a big ass party and we will be there. Yes, we will be. Um, we'd also like you to check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or hashtag AGPN on Twitter for all those awesome Australian gaming podcasts. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Yes, indeed. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Rhubarb! Rhubarb. 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 R